Welcome to the Growth Lab Podcast, where we talk about finding new clients, winning more contracts, and growing successful cleaning businesses. I'm your host, Matt Harris, and I run the Growth Lab. We partner with cleaning business owners to launch, accelerate, and scale the growth of their business with tried and tested systems and strategies that generate predictable revenue. If you're turning over at least six figures and you want to grow your cleaning business to seven figures plus, click on the link in the description and schedule a call. Now let's dive in. James, know you very well, guys. Uh, it's lovely to see you. And I'm really excited to see so many people from so many different industries. James told me that I was allowed to speak for about five to 10 minutes. So I had to make it really short, really snappy. And I thought, how can I give you guys the best value about recruitment without going into a big, long tutorial? So I'm going to start really with a summary of the best. So I'm going to assume, hopefully not too wrongly, that most of you actually have got the basics of recruitment, that you know kind of what recruitment is. You take someone on. A lot of people have probably tried a bit on Indeed. So I'm not going to do a full tutorial on that. So what I'm planning to do is throw loads of ideas at you because what most people do is get stuck in a rut and they go, well, how can I recruit? And I'm hoping that some of these bits will connect with you and hopefully just spark something that will get you out of the recruitment rut if you're in it. If not, then these are loads of ideas if you're going to just start recruitment. So the biggest mistake that most people make with recruitment, if you want to take someone on or if you're going to grow or scale your business, and I know in the cleaning industry, it's all about having a big enough business because it's scalability that makes money. You don't make a lot of money of one person, but you've got a team of 50 and you are making really decent money. So if you want to recruit, the biggest mistake that most people make is they're not putting enough effort in. What most people do is put an advert on Indeed. They wait two weeks. They go, oh, this hasn't really worked. Oh, maybe I'll try something else. And the reality, and I've got James here, is that actually you need to be putting in, I'd say, two hours a day. If you are growing a decent sized team, it's hard work. You need to be doing serious recruitment. And I'm going to throw this at you, James. How much effort are you and your team putting into recruitment? Yeah, well, we were getting lazy for a bit there. When I spoke to you the other day, you were saying you should spend at least two hours a day on recruitment, making sure you've got the right ad and you're posting in the right places. We were falling back, putting something in Indeed and just leaving it. And I know that's the wrong thing to do. And your results, I'm guessing you were going, oh, I'm not getting anything like the applicants I used to get. We were just getting time wasters. So when I used to do it the way that you taught me years ago, Louise, eh, that's when I used to get the, the better employees. But the now you invite 10, 15 people in for an interview, four show up, you offer one the job, and they don't they don't come for the it can be an issue. So I don't know if this happens in every industry. Well, actually, I do. It happens in all industries. People don't show up. But I've got a really comprehensive list of everywhere where you could possibly post job adverts. So um, you can post it on Facebook, you can post it on the government websites, you can post it in local shop windows. I have a full list, but nothing beats local networking. So go wherever you're going anyway, because that's where you're going to find people like you. So if you're at the school, the park, the gym, the pub, if you play golf, you're at the golf course, literally that is where you're going to find people that hang out, do things like you. So if you're a plumber, go where the other plumbers go. I guarantee you know where the other plumbers go because you're probably going there. It might be the pub. You know, if you want to, even if you want to get new business, if you know all the estate agents, which pub they go to after work, then go to that place. So where are you going to find plumbers, electricians? Go where they hang out. And if they like golf, you're going to find them there. For me, a lot of cleaners are school mums. So I'm going to hang out at the school gates without looking too dodgy. I'm there anyway. <laughs> 
Now, when I mention Facebook and social media, what a lot of people do is they whack an advert on their Facebook page and they go, oh, no one's really applied. And I'm like, you've only got about 100 followers. And most of them aren't interested in your job. They're just your mates who are following you anyway or some customers. So really, if you are going to use social media and Facebook, it's not about putting it on your own profile. You're going to have to post it on every local jobs board. So I live on the outskirts of Manchester, so I'm going to put it on my Manchester jobs board. I'm going to put it on my local town. I'm going to put it on the northern neighbouring local towns. Then you're going to post it on your local community group on Facebook. So I live in a place called Sales, so I'm going to put it on jobs boards in Sale, and I'm going to be putting it on your community groups. And really, as well, if you know that you are looking for people, so I recruit people, I've said parents and things, I know that they're going to be following pages such as soft play. So I want my groups to go into local mums groups. If I wanted to recruit tradesmen, you're going to know far more about this than I am, guys. Where do they hang out? Are they all in a golf group? Like, you probably want to go, Louise, we don't play golf. But wherever they all hang out, that's where you need to be advertising it. Now, what we really want is the people that are not necessarily looking for new jobs. Because if they're looking for new jobs, they're looking everywhere. So you want to get people that are going to I'm a bit fed up with my job, but I'm not necessarily looking for new ones. So you want to find the ones that, you know, just kind of I'm having a look on Facebook and I quite like the look of it. So that's going to need to be reflected in our advert. And what most people do is write their advert um, and they say, oh, you know, this is the job. These are the hours. You know, they'll give the bog standard boring bits. But what you're going to have to do is get them tempted to get out of their current job. Oh, I'm jumping around all over the place here. Jumping, uh, sorry, get them out of their current job. So you're going to have to post what they will get from working for you. Now, I'm not going to go into much detail on this because if you don't already know about ChatGPT and how that is going to do all your marketing for you and basically change your life with regards to recruitment, the answer is you need to do a bullet point of about 10 things, 10 reasons as to why someone would want to work for you. Whack it into ChatGPT. Actually, can I have a show of hands? Do you all use ChatGPT? Do you all know what this is? You're all looking a bit lost here at me. <laughs> so uh, do, do you want to describe, James, or shall I describe? Yeah, so for anybody that doesn't use it, it's just an automate. You put whatever you want in it. Uh, write me a job description for a cleaner that's going to work 12 hours a week, fortnightly pay, and make it sound appealing or exciting. And they would write out a full job description for you. You can ask it anything, really. No, anything, but a lot of stuff. And it can write like, a lot of stuff out for you, eh? Yeah, so it's artificial intelligence. And if you want it to write your Facebook ads, if it wants, if you want a script written for a TikTok video, it basically can do so much of your marketing. It can do your recruitment. You no longer have to write a blog anymore because you are just going to write in the bullet points and it will write it for you. So if you take nothing away from this talk and you learn nothing about recruitment, Whatever you're doing, you need to get on ChatGPT. And if you've got a customer, my favorite one is customer complaints. If they're like a little bit niggling or you missed a bit or this or that, put that into ChatGPT. Ask it to write a response and it is going to write the most, you know, diplomatic response that you would never think of in a million years that. to be that diplomatic. So I've said to ChatGPT, I've had this complaint from a customer and I would write the complaint in. How would I respond to that in a professional way? Because the way I want to respond isn't the right way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What I really want to say is never the right way. So chat GP takes the emotions out of it. Chat, it, it takes the emotions out of it and gives you a more professional response. 
yeah and all of us get emotional you know if someone complains about your work you go I've worked really hard on that and you you of course you want to throw in emotions it takes that out and you just get a much better customer service which I love there are flaws with chat GPT but do a few reviews and you can look that up okay so the great thing is um, once you've written your advert with your 10 bullet points, it will write your lovely advert and it probably isn't going to come up in your style. It will come up a bit AI. It's not really your style. So you're going to ask it to rewrite it in one that might reflect your style. So you can dumb it down and make it much more informal. You can make it much more formal. You can, you know, tell it to write it in the style of a rapper if that really is you. Like you can do anything. But different adverts and different styles are going to ap appeal to different people. So what I would do is get your advert written, then get it written in three different styles, because I would go for a formal style, a very informal style. So I like it written with lots of emojis, written like a 12 year old child, really ba fairly basic, because that's going to appeal to some people. And then more of an exciting, fun, salesy type one. And I would be whacking all three types of adverts in all different places. And so that's really your advertising kind of done for you, made really, really simple. Once you get your applicants in, and for anyone that hasn't recruited, this is going to get a little bit trickier here. So once you get your applicants in, oh, sorry, actually, when people apply, if you've got it on Indeed, it's really lovely because they put a system in the background and it will track all your applicants and you can respond to them. It's all tracked in one place. Now, the problem if you're using multiple platforms to advertise on is that they're going to apply on multiple platforms. So the best way to get people to respond to a job advert is to make it really simple. So I often will put respond with the word job to this number and they just have to text me the word job. It is that simple. By then I've got their contact details and I can follow it up and start the process from there. But People might send me a message on Facebook Messenger. They might WhatsApp it to me. They're going to put it on Indeed. I've got various other job boards I might be advertising on. And it's really hard and complicated if I've got six different routes. So another bit of a game changer for anyone. Have you heard of, I, can't, I didn't look this up, it's Microsoft Forms, but there's a Google, Google version. I'm sure it's called Google Forms. Um, that's the free version. I use Microsoft. If you're using that suite of Word and things, stick to that. But Google Forms is the same. And what you can do with Google Forms is you basically write a questionnaire. And so in this questionnaire, I would be writing, put in your email address, put in your name, put in your phone number, and then ask them a couple of questions. Whereabouts are you based? Do you drive? What experience have you got of this job? And I would keep it that simple. But what that does, you can template that. So you can say, thank you so much for applying to this job. I now need you to fill in a couple more of these. Could you fill in this form? And then they fill that in and you have got all your applicants collected in one place. And the problem for most of us is that when someone applies, the ideal situation is we call them within the hour. But we all work. We're out doing the job. It's really hard. And I might not get back to them. I might not even pick up my emails till 11 o'clock that night. So the likelihood is I'm not going to get back to them to the next day. And then I've got six different places to search. So by doing this, you've shown you're interested. You've replied to wherever they are. You've sent them that template. They've got that. And they're sat there waiting for you to get back to them, really, which makes it super, super simple. And then when it does, you can then screen through them. And of 10, you might find only two that are suitable, but you can see immediately which ones are suitable. So really, really simple to do it that way. Um, and then let's remember when you're recruiting, Maybe, you have... See, sorry, I see doing that as well. That I found when I used to do that, that gets rid of some of the time wasters. If you're, yeah. if you're making them take it, like, a couple of steps before you phone them, it shows that they're more 
Like they're more interested committed. in the job. A lot of, more committed. A lot of people, you would spend money on Indeed. And I know you say do not spend anything on Indeed. Uh, but you can spend money on Indeed. And it's a lot of people for the job centre just applying for a job. And they, they don't respond. They don't come to interviews or anything like that. But as soon as you ask them to fill another form in, it shows that they are committed and they're not just applying for the sake of it. So do you find making them do that, it gets rid of a lot of time wasters? Exactly what you've said. So a lot of us go, oh, people won't do what, don't want jobs and there's time wasters. But actually, we're not asking for commitment. So at the first stage, we ask them a couple of questions, get them to fill that in. And then what a lot of us are guilty of, we get on the phone and, you know, we really connect with them and we tell them how wonderful the job is. And, you know, we really get into this and they go, oh, yeah, you know, this sounds great. And then you're like, right, let's turn you up on Monday and you can start and it's going to be brilliant. And guess what? They don't turn up. And the reason they're not turning up is because we're not checking their commitment levels at every stage. So what I would do is if I have a really good phone call, I'm then going to ask them to do something for me. So, oh, that's really good. Can you just text me your email address? Can you, if I haven't already asked for it, could you please please confirm that actually you've got childcare? Could you please uh, just text me a couple of references? So I'm asking for commitment because if they can't send me their references or whatever I'm asking them for, it could be anything because really what I'm looking for is commitment. But if they can't send that to me or a picture of their last job, whatever, you know, whatever you're asking for, they are not going to turn up on their first day. They are not really committed to this job. And um, so by the time we put them through at least a couple of levels of commitment, when we finally offer the job fully, hopefully, fingers crossed, one in two will actually turn up. And that is a whistle-stop tour of basically recruitment and and how to fix a lot of the main problems that people face. And if you have done recruitment, you'll identify with a lot of those. And if you haven't, good luck and welcome to the world of recruitment. That was the biggest problems I had, Louise. I would put stuff on Indeed and I would just invite them into an interview. I would I would keep my diary free for a full for a full day and do interviews every half hour. Yeah. And one or two people show up. And if they're not suitable for the job, I've just wasted a full day. But I found when I send them the Google Forms and ask them for that bit of commitment, the ones that do come in, are they're more reliable and it's the people that actually want to work. Yeah. Can I ask you, where do you find the most success when you're employing people for your business? Or like, where do you find the most success? Indeed, Facebook, community groups? You know, I don't know if the rest of you have found this. And people always say, where do you get the best applicants from? In all honesty, the people that have stayed with my business for years and years and years probably weren't my first choice to interview. So it's really strange when you grow your business. And I think a lot of cleaning business owners will say, actually, I'll take anyone with a pulse. It sounds really terrible, but you get to that stage where you will literally take them on. So can I tell you where the best ones come from? Probably not, because they possibly wouldn't have been my first choice. But it's about spreading that net wide enough. So I can't say whether Facebook is better than Indeed or, you know, because, you know, they're all good and they're all bad. It's kind of potluck, really, isn't it? So, so even when you put a post on Indeed, you put in a mobile number, don't you? So you'll put yeah. a post on Indeed, Facebook, Gumtree, wherever you put your post, you'd say, WhatsApp me saying, yes, that you want a job. And then you send them the Google Forms. If they yeah, fill the form in, that means they've yeah. done two steps. That shows commitment. And that form saves all the applicants. So you go home one, one day and you can have like 20 people applied for a job through Facebook, Indeed, Gumtree, but they're all saved in one place. And so you, know, you don't need to go onto different platforms and see who's applied and things like that. 
And the real power of this, and I don't know where you're all at in your business, the power of this is it's a system. And as soon as you have a system, what you can do is teach your system to someone else. And once you can teach your system to someone else, you can scale your business because you can hand away, once it's really easy and you're just following the templates, you can hand that away to a virtual assistant. You can hand it away to whoever works in or for your business. And if you want to scale your business, and if you want to franchise, and if you want to open multiple different towns and things it is all about these systems putting those in place that will allow you to do that so become good at it but make a really good system that that's good actually because a lot of people like greg for instance eh, he's got his own business he'll need to do recruitment the interviews and things like that if he only needs to put the ad out there and get people to fill in the, the the google form he could get that a virtual assistant pay him 22 pound one hour a week to go through all the applicants and set up interviews looking at Greg's calendar. So rather than exactly. Greg going home and at it gets even better than it gets even better than that. So if he wanted to arrange interviews, what he would do is block off, say, a Wednesday afternoon, put his calendar there, and then one of the commitment stages is, right, I'm going to send you a link to my calendar. You book in your own interview. And they literally, you can use Calendly. I use Microsoft Bookings. You can just get them to book their own interview. And you go, yes, I don't even have to waste my time doing that and trying to arrange it. And if they want to cancel it, they've got control. So that's one of those really easy commitment stages that makes your life easier as well. So, yeah. And you do three different ads as well. So you'll word three them differently. Because I could write an ad, try to get someone employed for scrubs cleaning, for instance. Uh, somebody might read it and think it's not very good, but you could offer the same job, but word it differently, and it could appeal to that person. So you can attest it and write three the same job, but three different ads. Three put completely it into different Facebook ads. Community groups, buy and sell group, Gumtree, Indeed, but you don't pay for Indeed. No. And again, I'm not sure. Oh, I do know how this works in different industries. So it's really interesting because if you're recruiting for a local job, so I only recruit really, I don't want people more than about three to five miles away because I've only got a part-time job. They're not going to travel very far. And again, this depends on your industry and, and the kind of people you're recruiting for, but I don't want them to travel far. So the people that are looking for the kind of jobs that I offer are probably already going to be searching specifically within this industry, this area, sorry. So what I found is when I paid for it, I can get five times more applicants, but it doesn't increase the quality. And so what I found was actually I can have five times more applicants, but I will rule out most of those five and it's cost me 200 pounds. And that's really for only three days worth of advertising. And what I found was it absolutely wasn't worth it. Now, what you can do on Indeed, if you haven't been on Indeed recently, they've actually launched a new way of recruiting. So you pay 11 pounds per applicant. Now, if you pay that £11, um, obviously that would be a lot of money. I might get, you know, 40 applicants to my jobs. Um, but if you reject that person within 72 hours, you don't have to pay it. So you're almost getting the paid for service. But if you don't want that person, you get rid of them really, really quickly. Now, I'm not saying to do this, but I do know that what some people do is get those come up. They'll get the phone number, reject that person and then phone them anyway and start it on their own system. So they are getting the equivalent of paid for through Indeed without actually doing it. I've got to say I did pay for my ones and I sort of believe in supporting <laughs> Indeed for this. But does it happen? Yes. Another thing that, that I've started doing, I've done for the past year, I would always continuously run an ad on Indeed, take the applicants from it and put it on a system that I've got called Text Marketer. It doesn't cost anything for this system. But if you want to send a text message out, I can't remember the price, but it's it's not dear. 
So I've got that database of three to four hundred cleaners that are kind of suitable for the for my work. Yep. And I, I'll send him a text message. We've got a new contract in Glasgow, 12 hours a week. If you're interested, text back yes. And and that's worked massively. So no, no matter what company you've got, if you get that database, put an ad out there for people to come for interviews and save them in the database. And you know, if you've got a, a joinery company, electrician company, you're going to have a list of joiners, a list of electricians. And when the right job comes up, just send them a text message. If they want it, then then that's great. So that's worked well for us. And that's going to work really well if you're taking on self-employed people, because again, they're going to do a job for a week, two, they're going to do a contract, they're going to become available again, and you would have lost them unless they are actively applied for another one of your jobs. So having that database is really powerful. I've got to say, if you don't want to pay, because text messages can be a bit expensive, you can use MailChimp and do it by emails. There's ways of making it way cheaper, but you know, yeah. for self-employed, your own database is more valuable than any advert and anything you can do. A bit, bit about me now uh, and what I do and, and how James and I kind of know each other and work together before. Um, my name's David and I, I'm the uh, COO of a uh, web design company down right down the south coast. So about as far away from uh, Glasgow as you can get. Um, and yeah, I've worked with James. James got his uh, scrubs company my very first website that I got as well, Dave. That was like 2017 you bought a website for me. And that yeah. website helped me massively to grow my first business that was cleaning ovens. A simple website showcasing people that are clean ovens in it. And I've been me ever since, mate. So... Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's been fantastic, and I'm, and James also got in touch about this, and we did the the logo you're looking at now on the screen, so we we mocked that up quite quickly. We probably would have liked to do more work on it, but James says, "Yeah, it's fine, get it done." Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fine, done and <laughs> box ticked. But uh, no, so James and I worked together for, for a few years. He knows our company well, and we basically specialize in working with um, small business owners. Um, so from dog walkers to, you know, cleaning companies to solicitors, accountants, honey trappers, God knows, we work with every type of crazy type of business as well. It's hilarious, really, sometimes. But um, the way that we kind of work is that we build kind of really simple, what we call brochure-style websites. So essentially, it's a business card. And for, for you guys who are on this call, whether you're here, as a presenter and you've got your own business or whether you've got your own business cleaning company and you want help on, on how to get the basics and fundamentals right a website is i mean i would say this but i've been doing this 12 years a website is the minimum thing you need as a business owner um so when people get told about you and go oh you've got to go and use james or you've got to go and use person x they google you even if they know that you've been recommended by their mum or their wife or their but they still google you and if you don't appear or your website that does appear is a terrible reflection of who you are and what you've done and what you do it's a massive x in the column and me as a web designer i'm a bit more precious to this but the amount of times i've been told to use companies i google them and i can't find them or if i can they're rubbish i just i don't i just don't do it if they can't put the effort into their marketing then it's it's always a negative thing because it's such a simple thing to do and such a cheap thing to do as well now cost is obviously subjective but generally speaking um you know for like 300 pounds you can get a really simple website with a the branding done a simple message get your domain get your email done and then if anyone emails you they're not emailing you on your gmail account you're not responding on your hotmail or outlook or whatever it is you know, we've had people like have on the side of their vans, like Big Dave Plumbing at hotmail.com, and that's their work email. And I just, it just, just that's out. the thing, David. A lot of people, small business owners, uh, are put off with websites because 
you can look them online, they start like one and a half grand to three grand and stuff like that. The ones that you make are, are just as good as any. They're simple and they're good. And for what you said, like three to five hundred pounds for a website, it makes you look that bit more professional. So it's a good investment in your business. Totally. And, and we're kind of in a funny position in that because we've been doing this 24 years, we charge probably a third of what we should charge for our websites because we can, because we have 1500 clients paying us since 1999. Um, because what we can't do is charge five, six, seven grand for websites. So we kind of fall closer to the, oh, I can do it myself or templates or whatever. So when you guys are looking to build websites, it's, uh, it's uh, something I don't, I would actually recommend if you're, if you're tech savvy enough, go and try and build your own, go to a Wix, go to a GoDaddy. Try and do it yourself is to get it online because you can get online for next to nothing, but get your domain name, get your email address proper, get it all set up, spend a bit of time, do a bit of research. But if you can't be bothered or you're struggling with it or the website doesn't look quite right, then coming to a company like us where we've been doing it, it's our bread and butter, we can knock it out of the park for you. And it's it's really kind of straightforward and simple. But my message here tonight is really uh, as a small business owner, you guys should have at the bare minimum a website that when you talk to someone in the pub, like Louise was saying around kind of when you're talking to whether it's staff or whether it's colleagues or, you know, business to business networking at the golf course, if they say, what do you do? You can kind of give them a brief, you know, the old elevator pitch, but you can say, go look at my website. Your website just needs to say, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is how long I've been doing it for. And this is why you should work with me. That can be done on a single page of a website. It can be done on a 50 page website. It can be done in many different ways, but the bare minimum is, Here's my business card with my website address on it. Go check it out. It answers all the questions you could possibly have. And there's a form on there to fill in. There's an email address you can get in touch with me on. I'm active on Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, whatever the, the kids are on now. You put them all up there and you, you allow people to essentially give you an option to come in and, and talk to you how they feel most comfortable. Because look, I'm 35. My generation is the one that doesn't really like picking up the phone, but still kind of can. The newer generation, heaven forbid, they should talk to a human being. So they want, they want, in, they want to check you out on Instagram and they want to direct message you on God and you know, all the social platforms. And the older generation want to pick up the phone and they want to suss you out how fast you pick up the phone. Um, is it a mobile number or a landline number? Is it, you know, your, your website has to kind of give options for, as Louise was saying, with recruitment, it's all about filtering before you have to, you know, spend any time on it with the website inquiries and leads, it's about getting every lead possible and having those conversations because every lead is a possible sale, whether it's a new project for, you know, for, um, property maintenance, um, as you guys were saying earlier, Matt, if you've got, you know, you've got a new contract signing up a new block of flats that you can maintain it, then it's worth a conversation. It's worth a tendering process. It's worth a foot in the door. Um, cause a lot of people these days get told by their bosses to go and find a website provider or a property maintenance company. They just, they just, through five, 10 inquiries on God knows who website, they don't care, but they only build a relationship when you respond to it. And, and the website's a starting point for that. If you've got a rubbish website, you just don't get spoken to. And, and yeah, and it's super simple. Uh, Wix, GoDaddy, get your domain, get your email, get your website set up, do it yourself. And if you can't come to a company like ourselves to Google us, toolkit websites, and we'll, we'll basically handhold you the whole way through. We build a website bespoke to you. We can build websites in a day or two. The, the biggest issue we have is you, the business owners, tell us about your business. You know, if you say, oh, great, I'm a, you know, I'm a carpet cleaner or property maintenance company. Great. We could ask chat GPT, which I'm, I, I love that Louise talked about because I'm <laughs> fantastic. Um, but you, you, you know, we can go and get content and copy and paste from your competitors, but they put the effort in to talk about why they're 
the ones you should go with. So, you know, you get what you, you get out, what you put in. And if you write a bit about your history, your company, you know, I worked with a marine engineering company in um, Emsworth on the South Coast recently, and, and his family has a whole history in the harbour in the marina. And they talked about that and they found a really old grainy black and white photo of the great, great granddad working away. And it was fantastic. But that stuff is, is what sets you apart. So get David, do you, do you do like email addresses and things like that? So, People that's came to me for advice have Hotmail email addresses, which you were speaking about earlier. So they don't know where to get the email address, the website, the hosting and things like that. So you do the logos, you do the emails, you do the websites, and you'll look after the website maintenance. Is that correct? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So the idea is that you would come to a company like us, we would find out about your business, we would register the domain name for you, so the www address. We would put emails on that address, so like an info at or a contact at or an admin at, however you guys want to work it. So you have your website, your email, and your domain all under one roof. And then when your website's published and live, for what these days is half of a, a new iPhone contract, for like 30, 35 quid a month, you can have your website, domain, emails, all hosted, managed, and looked after. And you can log into your own system, like a Wix or GoDaddy, and edit your own website. And to be honest, as James, I'm sure, will tell you, if there's ever an issue, just call in. We're all UK-based, and you can literally just pick up the phone. And we pick up the phone within three rings and answer emails within uh, half an hour to an hour. And if there's an emergency uh, tonight, one of my clients will come through to my phone, and I'll be the one. That was me. Hey David, I put your office at quarter to six tonight and the automated voicemail said the office is closed but if it's an issue you can text us on this number and I yeah. text that number because I didn't have your mobile number so I thought that's a good touch. You're yeah, yeah. The term emergency is uh, sometimes drenched uh, <laughs> by some Projective, right? <laughs> like, this is not an emergency, I'll deal with it on Monday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, and that's it. And actually, fair enough, that's through Text Marketer as well, James. So we, we use that, the same system you use for sending receiving text. It's kind of it's good. It is great. It's things like that through networking and speaking to people. I didn't know anything like that. And then when you start making connections and talking to people, you realize there's so much stuff out there to make your business run much easier. Oh, totally, totally. And, and it's just about you got to get these systems working for you. Because um, yeah, we, 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 my, my boss is very, uh, the owner of the company is very, uh, techie, uh, nerdy over the top with all, all this stuff. It goes way above my head and I consider myself quite techie. So, um, yeah, he's integrated also, as Louise was saying, he just put, put the solutions, um, away, you know, around you and it makes everything else as easy. But, but back to the kind of point of who we are, what we do. If you go on, on if anyone's on this call looking for a website, then, you know, I'm happy to have conversations. Just Google us and give us a call tomorrow. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's about just getting the very basics of a website, a proper email address, um, and a company behind all that that can look after you. And for the sake of 30, 35 pound a month, um, everything's looked after, hosted, supported, and they can discuss Google and how to perform better in there. I know um, one of the presenters is going to talk about pay-per-click campaigns. And at the heart of that, you can spend all the money in the world on, on getting clicks and links to your landing pages and to your websites. But if the website's not doing what it should be doing, the pay-per-click and marketer is just going to blame the website. Uh, so it's it's got to, you know, you, your, your website's got to... Re re represent you and be a good reflection of, of the business what you do and just tell the world everything because once you've got it on paper and it's on it's on the web you know it's it's easy the rest is easy and you just have to direct people to your website so bare minimum don't don't stick around with your hotmail and gmail get a proper email yeah. domain and 
So if you if you funding, because I know a lot of small business and startups, you know, funding is is always the issue. Um, then go away and and have a look at the free options um, through, as you say, through your uh, you know Wixes and GoDaddies because they are really good. But you've got to know what you're doing if to, to get the most out of them. So it's uh, yeah, it's always a balance. But yeah, bare minimum, get a website, guys. Can I ask David what other than obviously story of the the business and the, or the owner? Um, what other sort of key elements would you suggest if if I was to build a website from scratch? What what else would you suggest I have on there other than a bit of a backstory um, and perhaps my, my contact number? I would I would give you've got to give people a reason to want to work with you. So that can come in the form of testimonials, case studies, um, past work, before and after shots. Um, we, re- we just recently published a, a Chichester-based carpet cleaning company, and they do a lot of work on social media, which does before and afters of look how minging this carpet is and look how mm-hmm. nice it is now. Um, some people will just look at a website and go, yeah, great. Others need to you know, really dig into testimonials. Okay, great. Well, you published 10 testimonials on your website, but that's your publication. Have you mm-hmm. Uh, Google reviews, Facebook reviews. Um, are you active on, you know, uh, Trust to Trade, for example, which is what most of you guys on this will, will know about. Um, for us, it's Trust Pilot um, and whatnot. But yeah, you've got to give people a reason to want to work with you. Um, so the website just needs to, it's, a, it's basically a brag. Your website's a brag, but it's done in the tone of voice that you want your brand to come across in. And obviously reading a solicitor's website will be very different to reading a carpet cleaning website. So it's about how you want to play with that. And the logo is central to that as well. So the cleaning and property maintenance support group logo we did. Um, this is, again, I'd like to spend longer on it, but uh, <laughs> clients happy, we're happy. So it's it's down to kind of you as the business owners to get a funky, funky brand or corporate brand. We've done one recently where a guy... He works in uh, repairing boats and repairing cars and upholsteries, and he get he gives apparently gets called the Waldronator. So we, I he laughed about it in the meeting, but I said, "Great, well, we'll do a, a, a kind of cartoon character of a, of a Terminator, but on your branding, and it worked quite nicely." And he, he it's, it reflects him as a person, and, and he is his business. So it's same with that. I've got one of my best friends is a plumber, and he works in Southampton, and he. He is known as Steve because Steve is who they want to work with. He's lovely, sweet. He's one of those people that are too nice for their own good. But I made his website about him. So on the homepage, it's a really big smiley photo of him next to a boiler, you know, because it's him and that's his brand. So when you're doing your website, put a bit of effort in and and think, how do I want to come across? Because once you build your website, you probably leave it alone for a few months, if not years. Yeah. But it's got to be there and reflect who you are and what you're doing. And this is, again, why the next person who's speaking about PPC will pick up on it and say, look, your website's great. SEO's, you know, fantastic, but it takes time. So PPC can expedite you getting more leads into your website. But when they come in, they've got to feel like they know you before they know you. And that's what your website does. And that comes to the form of testimonials, comes to the form of products and services, examples of your work, um, history about, is it a family business? Is it staff? Again, on our website, if you go on our team page, my dog's on there and you hover over it and she makes a big barking, you know, look, because she's part of the company. She's on the wall in the, in the office. So it's, it's one of those things where you can get a sense of a company and type of company you want to work. And, and times have changed as well, right? In, in 10, 15 years ago, when I first started out, it was very corporate. You had to wear shirts and trousers everywhere. Even, even tradesmen had to be smarter than they are now. Whereas now it's all flip flop shorts, t-shirt and, you know, get the job done. It's about the person, not the, the image of that, but it, it can be still done and you can play with that now and it can still be done in the right way. But 
have a bit more personality and that's where that's where the website comes in so again anyone out there watching this or watching it back on record just just you know google web designers and google um, websites in your industry and just try and get a sense of what you want and chat gpt can help you writing content for your website and everything else but yeah the, the bare minimum is just get a website and that comes from someone <laughs> who for 12 years has been convincing people that it is worth still having a website or it is worth parting money to get a website because what you can't quantify is how many people have did I not work with by not having a website and even business owners with websites my brother who's a plumber himself uh, always winds me up with is he always says oh that website I pay you for which by the way I give him family rates so I don't even know why he talks to me but he he um he always says to me, Oh, I don't know how many people come through my website. It's like, well, do you ever ask? Have you actually looked at your data and analytics and looked at who's actually coming to your website? Oh no, I'm not. But people are but business is good. I'm like, great, well, they're coming through your website then because they're finding your phone number, they're filling in your form. You know, so it's it's those things where you as a business owner can have a website, but you have to use it um, you know, intellectually and and let it work for you at the same time. Everyone else previously as well. David touched on some pretty core points there. It doesn't matter how good you do your ads if you're sending them to a really rubbish destination, no one's going to buy from you. There's kind of a pretty core point there, and having the website. And we don't do ads without the website, of course. I just wanted to give a sort of a couple quick examples of the benefits. You should be able to now, actually. Just try. All right. This is a pretty basic funnel. I'm sure everyone's seen it. I'm not going to dive into it too much, but basically this is a sales funnel if you haven't seen one before. And we want to obviously get people from the awareness stage of not knowing who you are at all to the bottom of the funnel, which is of course taking action. Then we want those people to, to buy from us, whether that's filling out a form on our website, whether that's clicking purchase on a product or a clean service or whatever that might be online. We need to get people through this section. So you can see the biggest one is awareness. The biggest advantage a pay per click campaign can have is we can just get way, way more people to know about you to see you and to find you straight away if i jump back on google and you can see i've pretty much cool i just wanted to quickly google so for example i'm in bristol but you're cleaning services near me if we look at the results firstly here you can see the top two are, well is an ad it's a google guarantee ad i scroll down and then it came up with many more ads a minute ago but okay it's because i've just googled it a second ago and didn't purchase anything but generally as you can see is the first area that you landed the screen is covered with advertisement it takes a little bit of time for me to scroll down the screen before i can find someone who is maybe just focusing on seo and and doing sort of the longer game there what we want to do realistically is be showing for anyone who searches on google cleaning services near me and obviously that's quite a, a sort of a broad term if we look here in in bristol for example again where i am we can see between 100 and a thousand people per month search that specific word has a medium competition and it costs about one pound 19 to three pounds 35 to turn up at the top of google for for that so just for sort of one pounds 20 upwards we can be showing at the top of google and getting the maximum kind of awareness for that one pound 20 for everybody clicks on your ad that would be correct it's per click rather than per lead there are other ways you can do that but just for the simplicity in this one if we focus so if on you've the got clicks. a budget of a thousand pounds there and yep. every time your ad goes to the front page if somebody clicks on it your budget starts to go down that's but correct clicking on it, it they've got potential to be a job because they obviously want the service and they're 
That's correct. So we could niche that down a little bit. For example, obviously carpet cleaning near me, that's definitely a lot more specific. If you had a carpet cleaning company, you can see between 78 pence and £2.97. We can send someone who's searching specific for that. These words as well are kind of coming with an intention. So whereas if you compare Google ads to sort of say Facebook ads, I can show a Facebook ad to someone who maybe doesn't have an interest in purchasing what I'm selling. Whereas the person is typed into Google that they want to clean and near them. It's much more powerful and sort of a purpose-driven search um, that it, it gives you much more sort of power within that. So let's say obviously for like £1.20, if we were to get like a, a hundred, hundred clicks or something there, we would expect quite a few conversions from that. And whether that's filling out a lead form or or whatever your sort of goal is from that, maybe it's purchasing a product or something like that. The, the one thing I just want to show you real quick, and I'll stop sharing my screen now, is just kind of the the power of that. So for quite a small amount of money, we can be at the top of Google and click through to our obviously destination goal. For example, I know of yourself, James, we're focusing on cleaning, whether that's maybe commercial cleaning, we'll send someone from that ad straight to a landing page which talks only about commercial cleaning and then of course we'll get them to fill out a lead and then i know james will follow up with them promptly to to convert that one into a sale and the good uh, thing about google pay-per-click that i didn't know until recently i'm still learning as well i didn't know you could target just a specific area and take away a postcode so if you had i know ball does like drainage and things like that if he wanted to target the big houses in Glasgow, like a postcode where it's full of big houses and commercial buildings, he could set his budget around that specific postcode. Is that correct? That's correct. You have to be a little bit cautious with this, make sure you're not being discriminative in any way or anything like that. But you can definitely target within postcode areas and you can exclude different areas. You can exclude and you can make the, the ads only turn up for people that live in that area rather than people who maybe have an interest in it. And you can do various different things. You can also search by people that have interests in different things as well using Google. But I like the old fashioned traditional way of someone typing something in and searching for a specific term, whether that's uh, real estate agents near me or cleaning services near me. There's much more intent in that search that the conversion rate is dramatically higher Then your return on investment is obviously higher again as well. Speaking about return on investment, Ashley, a lot of people see paying for ads is like a cost to the business. You mentioned there it's an investment. It's not a cost, it's an investment. Say someone invested a thousand pound. I know each business is different, but if they invested a thousand pound on paid ads, would you expect him to maybe, how much would you expect, like double that? It's, so, I, I would like to. They <laughs> yeah. always make profit. That's of is course, that correct? Of course. To make nothing, they should at least no, that, make that's one pretty and a half it. grand, so, not get the no. grand. Yeah, of course. It really depends. And it's very industry specific. I don't really want to sort of dive. Like, I would expect you to at least be like doubling what, what you're putting into it. So um, try and at least double what you're What I would there. normally say is if you want to jump on a call, and of course, anyone can reach out to me after today, and I'll, I'll pass all my G details on, is we'll have a conversation about how much you need to make from the ads. For example, if you've got a product which is £500 and you make £250 worth of profit and it costs us only £50 to get you a lead, then you're making sort of 5x your money. We actually make a 10x, but it's 5x of actual profit. That's a very, very profitable ad. But if same scenario, um, but it costs us £250 to make you £250, then that might be a discussion that we have to have at looking sort of at other opportunities or avenues to do so. But if you have maybe a repeat customer, 
who comes back in a month's time and they spend another 500 and you make another 250 that then could be a good option the answer is it kind of depends <laughs> but, but but we can we can talk through that and there's definitely options out there was there a question there sorry uh, so no all good what's the difference anybody that doesn't know what a lot of people don't even know what google pay-per-click is or seo what's the difference between google pay-per-click and seo and in your honest opinion what one do you think works best for a business I think they're both very important. Firstly, I think if you've maybe just had a website made and you kind of want to hit the ground running in your business, pay-per-click is the way to do it. You can pay, you can quite literally pay to have your website at the top and then you're just going to get more traffic. You're going to get more people to the website. You're going to get more conversions as long as that's done right. SEO is more of a, like an ongoing investment. That's where you want to put loads of different content on your website to draw traffic through search intent. It's called search engine optimization. Then we're using blog posts and different parts of our website with certain keywords to turn up in a higher uh, page of Google. In an ideal world, we want to be on page one at the top. SEO is more long-term, isn't it? It's more like a long-term thing. I spent like £800 a month for 12 months and I still didn't get on the first page of Google. That's why I don't do SEO at all anymore. I just do Google pay-per-click. And the good yeah. thing about Google pay-per-click, I know this because I work with you, Ashley, you'll put certain keywords in. You like You're always on the ball. You'll check to see what people are searching for. If 100 people are searching for cleaners near me, you'll put that kind of in the ads. Or if they're searching for commercial cleaners, you word the ads around what people are actively looking for. You can track exactly how many people's clicked on the ad rather than putting pound into an ad and it's gone. You know exactly how many people's clicked on the ad how long they've been on your website for and things like that. Can you do that as well? Absolutely. I think you're pretty much right. Definitely SEO is a long-term game. But also just just to sort of move on to that point as well is because so many people are paying and Google are, you probably noticed by that page there, they're putting all their sponsored ads, like there's like often like four or five ads in a row um, before you even get to like a, a normal website that has just got SEO. If you if you think you can sort of pay your way in SEO to get sort of ahead or of, of those, unfortunately you can't. But I think spending money on the pay per click really kind of boosts you to the top. And then you're on page one, you're getting seen, and you're in sort of a competitive environment, let's say. Do you do ads on any other platforms? Uh, like TikTok, Instagram? This is just for me personally because I've never... But do you do TikTok, Instagram... Facebook ads as well? Absolutely. With service-based businesses uh, like yourself, James, just because there's a lot of search intent within Google, so someone's searching for, I don't know, a carpet cleaner, a window cleaner, commercial cleaner, there's so much more intent behind that that I think Google ads for a business like yourself is really, really good for a service-based business. If I find Facebook ads and TikTok ads and all that sort of stuff is better for more sort of product-based businesses not that they don't work but i think profitability wise google's stronger for a service-based business and facebook and tiktok is better for like a product-based business in my opinion so google's number one still just because <laughs> that intent but you can show a facebook ad to someone for eight times which is the normal now before anyone takes interest in and looks to sort of purchase and they're still not interested whereas someone, find... someone who's typed cleaning services they want cleaning services I find on Facebook, it's people looking for cheaper prices. Like on Google, if you put your ad in Google, it's people people will pay more for your services. But on, I'll talk about cleaning because I've got a cleaning company. Somebody will message 10 cleaning companies in a row, ask for a quote and go with a cheap option. 
But on Google, if they're typing in cleaning company, your ad pops up. They'll send an inquiry form in and typically they'll go with you because they're not sending messages to like 10 different companies. That I don't do Facebook ads or anything anymore because it was a lot of people just... We, we found the same in, in, in service-based businesses in general and, and the targeting could be a little bit more difficult because, again, if we go back to that keyword, cleaning services near me, that's like a very yep. intention-based word. But like otherwise, we might if you've got interest in cleaning, you might not want to use a cleaning service. Do you know what I mean? It could be a little bit harder on the targeting and you could spend quite a bit more money working out um, your customer base. You can use data and stuff from your website, but I would say definitely businesses, a service-based business, Google Ads is the way forward. I think, has anybody got any questions for Ashley? Hello, I just uh, wanted to ask Ashley, how long did you, how long ago did you open your business? You are offering the services, Ashley. I think it's been around four years now. I've been doing sort of both Google, Facebook, and obviously when TikTok came around, TikTok ads as well. So sometimes Google ads. Would you be able to give me an idea about cost for a company? Sorry, my alarm went off. Biohazard, sorry. Yes. Is that your business name? Biohazard is a specialist cleaning services. And hello, Matt. <laughs> nice to see Biohazard you. From cleaning. Spain again. Yeah. By the way, yeah. nice. Look at you, <laughs> just living it up. That's good. Every time we we get to chat, yeah, yeah, I am in Spain. Just having a quick look. I'd have to because it's more hazardous. I would just want yes. to make. I would just want to double check that there's no restrictions around that. I know, obviously, using words like COVID nineteen and, and things like that can, can come along with a quite a few restrictions. So I'd want to double check exactly that for you. Um, but what I can do is I can do like a little search. I won't do it on, on the call today, but we can do a little search, see how much people are searching for these words, what type of clean, what other things they're searching for, um, what's the likelihood of cost that's going to cost us and then how much that I would suggest spending if we were to sort of go down that avenue. But the next thing after, of course, working that out with advertisements would be a landing page or, or a website if you, if you don't already have one to make sure we're sending that traffic to sort of a destination that can convert properly. It's under work right now. I'm going to have it soon. Perfect. Well, let's let's touch base after this and flick me an email with your details and, and a bit of kind of what you're looking to or what area of cleaning you're looking to advertise for and then we can we can have a conversation i could look up all the keywords before your website's done and then when it's completed we can sort of move forward from there if you want thank you no worries superb any more questions can i ask something fire away fire away mate see we don't have a web page we work off social media and facebook can we still use for facebook or does it need a web page for it I would strongly suggest um, getting a web page. You could send traffic to places like Facebook, but it just doesn't convert anywhere near the same. I would, I would strongly recommend engage, whether you were to create that yourself or engaging David or, or myself, even if you were just to create a basic landing page. Right. So rather than like a, a whole website, you can create what we call a landing page, which is basically like a one-page website. That could be like the cheapest way of doing it. So then we could just send traffic just to there. And we know also all of the traffic that's coming from the advertisements is just going to here. So it gives you a really good metric of checking how well that's converting. But for the cost of, you'd lose more money than the cost of a landing page would cost you. If that makes sense. Hi. 
Right. Just to jump in there as well, really interesting stuff, Ashley, and everything you said, I agree with. <laughs> it's quite interesting <laughs> to hear someone in, this, in the industry. But no, to, to say further on to your point there about the, you've got a Facebook page, you do all your advertising on there, and that's where you do it. Facebook is the easiest place for a, a trading to, to upload photos, to post stuff. It's just really simple because updating a website is we get the laptop out i've got a you know key in i've got to update and it's a bit of a pain in the backside but the big issue you've got is that when people search for the products you offer they don't search on facebook they search on google and google doesn't put facebook pages at the top they put websites they put landing pages they put pay-per-click campaigns and that's the big difference i lost a client recently because he was convinced he needed to just use facebook and he had like 20 likes and he reached his website and he, he said oh, i have 20 likes that'll do me and i've got all my contacts and i'm like dude every time you post you're going to get 20 people and half of them are your mates and your family like so facebook's great if you've got a community and you can engage them but it's more a case of okay i love their facebook page now click on the link to their website and go and check it out and then that's like the more professional okay this is their more kind of formal stuff it's always worth and as Ashley says once you've got a website if you want to get some traffic straight away ditch the seo and we do seo and i'm saying don't do that that's the best way to kind of start out for sure but again it's you know you could spend it you could spend 10 grand on pay-per-click or seo and get nothing and you could pay thousand a hundred pounds on pay-per-click or seo and get loads it's one of those really frustrating things that even the experts can't explain to you which is hard when they've taken your money i agree and then you can showcase reviews and stuff like that as a bare minimum a landing page but might be worth having a chat to david after this one i'm just gonna have a quick little insert about sales so whereas ashley and david have been talking about more sort of inbound type activity my focus with the growth lab is is outbound so we focus on things like uh, cold calls cold emails and linkedin outreach now when i started my cleaning business i i I did very little inbound i'll be perfectly honest i had a website i got one inquiry i think in the first three years of getting my website set up so I, i solely relied on making phone calls and sending emails Inbound is Google pay-per-click and things like that, Matt, just to confirm that's but paying for ads and outbound is kind of chasing Yeah, so inbound is, so as David was saying, obviously a website, you want to try and uh, generate leads through your website, which leads into having decent SEO, as Ashley was saying, paid ads. So whether it's Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, like all of that kind of stuff, driving eyeballs to a landing page, to your website, to somewhere where you can capture email addresses, contact details to then be able to follow up. Because as I think Ashley explained, when you have inbound inquiries, it's people searching for your service. So it's intent-based, which means that they're they're pretty much good to go. They're looking for a, a plumber or a cleaning, a carpet cleaner or a property maintenance guy, handyman, whatever the case may be. With outbound, you're, you're pretty much interrupting people's day, right? They're not expecting a call from you which means that you need to be a lot more persistent. There's a lot more effort that goes into into outbound. And I think one of the keys that I've, I've sort of learned is, is really important. Whereas with inbound, you're going to get inquiries from anyone and everyone. And then you need to filter through those inquiries to find the right one that, that fits for your business. And I appreciate when you start, um, you pretty much take anything and everything. And as you grow, you start getting a bit more particular about the type of work that you want to take on. Um, with Outbound, you can be really a bit more targeted. Um, one of the keys is really identifying a niche. So having like an ideal client profile, 
who do you want to go after? Is it so when I had my cleaning business, I started off with tenancy clean. So I was looking for estate agents in Northwest London that were managing at least a hundred plus properties. Now to get the granular detail was a little bit difficult, but I kind of knew the type of business that I wanted to go after. Then it was just a case of, okay, how do I make those lists? I can go on Google. My, my process has evolved since then. There's different platforms where you can access email addresses and contact details to generate your lists. So once you know the market you're going after, you've identified your niche, you know, yes, you might be a cleaning business, but do you offer office cleaning for startup businesses or do you offer office cleaning for medical businesses or, or something particular rather than just saying, oh, I, I clean any sort of office? Because, and I think David and Ashley will agree to a certain extent, if you are more focused on the type of clients, the type of market that you want to target, it's much easier to then attract the right sort of leads for your business. So once you've got an ideal client profile, then it is a case of taking the right sort of approach. When I originally started, I just picked up the phone. Like I, I wasn't sure what I was going to say until the, the receiver was picked up at the other end. But now it's it's a little bit more of a tailored approach. People aren't expecting your call if you're cold calling. So to lead into a big sort of monologue about how you're the best cleaning or handyman business in your local area is is going to put them off the intention on that first call is i understand that you're this type of business this is the sort of business that we serve i understand that this is your biggest problem so when i was approaching estate agents for example i said look i know that uh, one of the biggest problems is deposit disputes so we will help reduce your uh, deposit dispute claims, which means spending less time dealing with tenants, which means that it's quicker turnaround. There's better productivity because you can spend time doing other stuff. Uh, and it's really dropping something like that into the first call that you have with them and then getting on, getting them onto a follow-up call where you can have a bit more of a meaningful conversation and find out more about their business, what their problems are and how you're best positioned to serve them. So once you have that sort of process in place, then it's much easier to, to start approaching prospective clients. You can tailor your email campaigns as well to sort of focus in on the right sort of messaging for the type of businesses that you want to target. And really, I think we just focus on outbound. So to give you a couple of current examples, I'm working with a waste management business. They solely rely on inbound. So they've got a great, really interactive website and they're high, ranked highly on SEO. They've got um, great reviews, great testimonials. In terms of uh, Google ranking criteria, they're right up there. So they get floods of inbound inquiries, but they're trying to build out their, their commercial division. And really, commercial businesses, yes, they will search on Google, but the reality is they're probably working with an existing business already. So we're building out a sort of sales process for them to contact commercial businesses on the regular. They've identified three or four markets that they want to go after, property management. They want to go after FM, construction, light construction, and other waste brokers. So it's much easier then to, to sort of implement a process. I think we've built out a five-stage process where we have an initial email, we get them onto a call, then we arrange a trial collection, we arrange a follow-up call, and then we get to the point of setting up an account. Now, 
that one of uh, the biggest, I guess, downfalls I see, in particular with cleaning businesses, because they're the type of businesses that I speak with the most, is a lot of them rely on inbound marketing, right? So referrals, networking, the odd uh, website inquiry, social media, which is great. That shouldn't be discounted. But you need to put a little bit of effort into outbound as well, because yes, it might take a little bit longer to get results, but there's you can build up a much more targeted approach to get to get the type of clients that that you want. Um, basically, so, basically, write down or something. Figure out your ideal client, mm-hmm. where you make the most money. Write it down, then go online and find them. Send them emails. Maybe yeah. like five emails, one one every four weeks. If eh, phone calls and stuff like that, chase them. That's yeah, there's a process. Uh, there's a process. Call that process. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's knowing who your ideal client is, knowing the market that you're targeting, then figuring out your approach. You need to have a sales process. And, and I think all of the speakers have mentioned about systems. And it's important to, to have a system that you can you can rely on, right? So it does mean utilizing the right sort of tech and then getting your list built. So making sure that you get the right contacts and you don't want just general email addresses because they're going to go nowhere. You need to know the people who are the decision makers at the clients that you're targeting. So for us as a a cleaning business going after estate agents, we needed to speak with property managers, ideally the head of property management because they're the decision makers to the suppliers that they want to attract or use. So really having that sort of four or five stage, four or five steps that you need to build out your outbound process. And look, no one likes cold calling. To be perfectly honest, I don't like cold calling. But if you have a system in place, then it really increases your your chances of being successful on the call and moving people along your process to then be able to close more business. That's the key. Now, yeah, sounds good, mate. So don't just rely on like paid ads and people coming to you. Chase them as well. So you've got yeah. different ways of getting clients. Yeah, yeah. Have a get yourself up. out there. Get yourself known. That's it. You got you got to go out there, man. I think where when you when you have a system, you have a follow up process as well. You you there's less of a chance of contacts falling through the cracks. If you don't have a system, you'll email people once, you'll call people once, you'll forget about them, and potentially you're leaving money on the table. The other thing you have to take into account is with outbound, they're not necessarily going to say yes on your first point of contact. In particular, with with any type of long-term contractual work, they will start to look for new suppliers, whether it's cleaning, maintenance, whatever it is, within the last sort of three to six months of the contract, depending on the size and length of the term. So if you're being persistent in contacting them uh, and then being able to figure out, look, when is your contract up for, for renewal? Can I reach out closer to the time? Can we have more of a conversation then so that I can be considered for uh, the renewal process? That That is the important bit. So the consistency is key. Yes, you're probably, you are going to have a higher, honestly, conversion rate, but a higher inquiry rate with inbound i would argue that with outbound even though the the inquiry rate is lower the opportunity the potential value of the business that you're going to gain is going to be greater because you're super focused on on the type of business you want to win that's how you grew your business you didn't do any paid ads it was just basically 
No, but you built a system that sends automated emails to your potential clients. You would follow up with a, with a few phone calls, and that's how you got the leads. So anybody that's starting a business, do you think, would you recommend doing that if you've not got the funds to yeah. advertise in Google? Just do cold calling and set up an email campaign with a CRM mm. system? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it will cost... You can probably set up a campaign at zero cost. You can use MailChimp, you can use MailerLite, you can use HubSpot, something like that, where your first 500 or 1,000 contacts are free. You can set up sequences through that. And I think that would be a really low cost. There's still a, there's still a cost. There's a time investment, right? Because you're going to have to make the calls. You need to go through the follow-up process. That's but what you can use Upwork for, like, or a virtual assistant. Yeah, Get yeah, you can do that. For £22. An hour, two hours, like, see a full hour just doing cold calling. You, you could get so many calls out. Get a virtual yeah. assistant every Tuesday and Thursday, for instance, an hour a day to yeah. just do cold calls for you while you've got your emails automated. Yeah, you can. There's, You, you could probably do it for even less. You, if you go abroad, you can pay $5, $10 an hour for people to build lists for you, for people to do the calling. So there's there's a lot of different ways that you can approach this. But if you're starting from scratch or you're still early in your business, then the upfront investment of sorting out a sales process, identifying the type of clients that you want to go after, and then just putting in the graph to kind of to execute and, and learn along the way, because you're not going to be perfect on the first go. It, it took me quite a few years to kind of figure out the right way to do it. Darren, you've got you've got a question. Do you want to hit me up? Yeah, so see, right, regarding that, right, was then like, um, I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget. <laughs> like, see, like, when you've got no money at the, be- at the beginning, yeah. and you were saying about like sending out emails and cold calling, yeah. how do you get all these numbers and emails to start off with? That's kind of my wee struggle. I'm trying to kind of kick off like a property business and come away for plumbing. I'm yeah. full time employment with somebody else, but well, I come away for that. But I've not got the cash just to plow into like ads and stuff like that right away. Yeah, but just to find out how to get like all these different emails because my social media isn't big and stuff like that. Um, it's just to find the views for that. I mean, for for outbound, really, social media is as you start is it's not relevant. You can use Google. So if you know, the key is look the the key starting point is knowing the type of business that you want to go after. Yeah, because once that, then your your Google search can be a lot more focused. If you're going after property management businesses, and I'll, I'll repeat the example, you can search property management businesses, letting businesses in your local area, get the search results. Then on the website, uh, sometimes they will have uh, contact details for uh, individuals in the office. If they don't, then what I would suggest for everyone is to have a LinkedIn profile because if you're going B to business to business, you, you need to be on LinkedIn. Facebook is is great. Um, if, from my perspective, Facebook is more for for sort of the end consumer. But if you're looking to target businesses, you need to be on LinkedIn. And there's tools that you can use to kind of once you've found um, LinkedIn profiles to get the email addresses and the phone numbers. And that, like, I'm more than happy. I'm going to be sharing content in the community about this. So there'll there'll be guides and videos that you can uh, you can watch and you can read to to help you do this because the i appreciate when you don't know you don't know right but if you're showing how to how to catch the fish then it 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 becomes much easier and it's really honestly it's not that difficult like once you've 
once you kind of know what tools you need to use, then the next step step is figuring out the right approach. Do I call first? Do I email first? Yeah, you know, how many emails do I need to send? How how long do I leave it to call? And that that's just a case of trial and error. So to go back to you, if you're starting with zero cost, with zero funds, there's there's a bunch of tools and resources, all free, that you can use to build your list and to send out emails. Obviously, the calling is going to cost you the phone bill, but also to, to get a, a CRM set up and like a, a client relationship management system where you can capture communications that you have with clients. That's super key as well. Um, you can do all of that at next to no cost thanks to you guys for listening to the growth lab podcast you can access the show notes and free resources via the link in the episode description and if you got some value from this podcast please pay it forward and share it with others across social media or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to as it would really mean the world to me hope you enjoy and subscribe and i'll see you in the next episode